Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. So let's begin with a breath of gratitude. Ah, taking this holy breath together, let us place our hand on our heart and let us be grateful and thankful that God is and that God is our true identity. Let's be grateful and thankful that we can forget any false identity and that is indeed what we're doing and we are grateful to surrender any attachment any belief we have in a false and separate identity. We're opening our hearts and minds and willingness to know the truth about ourselves and everyone else. In this holy instant, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We invoke divine grace into our awareness. And we give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting surrendering it all, opening our hearts and minds to a realization that we don't have to figure out how to have a healing. We are willing. We're available. We're allowing. And in our willingness, all is revealed. And so we're grateful and thankful right now to surrender any sense of lack or limitation and to open up to know the truth, which is that our true nature is that we are the inheritors of the kingdom. It's ours, it's pre-installed, and we're accepting that right now. We are grateful and thankful to share the bounty and the healing and the expansion of our awareness with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. Mm, What a blessing. So this is week eight of the eight-week series, Living a Course in Miracles number four. And... Our theme has been this time, true healing and lasting transformation. And so many have reported to me that they are healing and they are experiencing the transformation. And I'm grateful for that. And our topic this week is healing lack and limitation. So long before we started the Living a Course in Miracles series this time, we did a survey, and we asked people what were the topics that they wanted to hear about. And this was a favorite choice. And none of the other teachers picked this topic, so it's left to me. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think in a certain sense, there are simply, uh, in, in our spiritual circles, in our spiritual awakening, one of the things that many of us are realizing is that we have 
issues about money and prosperity. And we've got very complex beliefs and contradictory beliefs. And uh, I think if you could draw an illustration of our thinking, it would be uh, a cacophony. If you could illustrate a cacophony or a maze of very complicated thinking. But the truth is, if you boil it all down, it's simply that we believe that we're separate from our inheritance. We're separate from the nature of abundance and prosperity, which is our true spiritual identity. How can we be separate from our true identity? We can't be. But we can forget that we are who we are. We can forget that our Father, Mother, God is the king in the kingdom. So you all know and have heard me say many, many times, seek first the kingdom which is within, and all else will be added unto you. In A Course in Miracles, it says, the kingdom has already been given. Ask and it is given, for it already has been given. It also tells us that you are the kingdom of God. You are the kingdom of God. You are the glory of God. Now, isn't it interesting that, of course, in miracles, Jesus tells us you are the kingdom of God. And what is the biggest challenge in humanity? As a spiritual counselor for a dozen years, I can tell you that the number one issue that most spiritual seekers have in abundance is they believe that they are unworthy. So Course in Miracles is telling us you are the kingdom. And yet most of us are healing the false belief that we are unworthy. We're unworthy of our inheritance. We're unworthy of the kingdom. If that's what we believe, that we're unworthy of the kingdom, that we're unworthy of our inheritance, we're unworthy of the good, we're unworthy of love, we're unworthy of miracles, if that's what we believe, and many, 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 many times a day, we affirm that sense of lack and limitation, we have to experience it. We have to. And yet it's not true. And then our experience we use as evidence against ourselves. It's interesting how that works. So we are going to break that down and pour some light into these dark beliefs and dark thoughts so that we can remember that it's already been given. Seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. I know for me, I had to, one day I woke up and said, Jennifer, what part of all else don't you understand? Why are you looking for anything outside of yourself? When if you seek the kingdom first, all else will be added unto you. Our Mother, Father, God is love. Love is the king in the kingdom. We are the son, the daughter, the infinite fullness of love. This is our true identity. All lack and limitation that we experience in the world is false. It's actually an ego projection. Now, we're going to break this down. The ego has some very basic kinds of thoughts that it runs over and over and over again, and they are all thoughts of separation. So one of the main thoughts that the ego has is thoughts of lack. 
Another way to express that is thoughts of need. Needing and lacking are the same thing. The other thing that the ego is obsessed with is getting. The ego will seek to give in order to get because it doesn't know that it has. So when we're aligned with the ego, in every instance, we will be thinking that we're lacking, that we're needing, and that we have to get in order to have. When we're aligned with the spirit, then we are certain that abundance is within, prosperity is within, love is within, healing is within. And when we're aligned with the spirit, then we can understand and live inside of the awareness that all healing is at the level of the mind. So all healing of lack and limitation is at the level of the mind. Some of the basic miracle principles uh, are that miracles release any sense of lack. And that if we energize and think and believe in thoughts of lack, we are denying ourselves the miracles that we're entitled to. Isn't that interesting? So the ego thinks of nothing but lack and need and getting. So if that's what we're thinking about all day long, then we know that we're aligned with the ego. And if we're aligned with the ego, we're always going to feel unworthy because that is the driving thing that the ego is doing, is helping us to believe and see and know and feel and sense in every way a sense of separation and unworthiness. So all of those beliefs and feelings are of the ego. And this is why A Course in Miracles teaches us to choose again, to choose again. Now, I can feel that some of you might be kind of rolling your eyes and thinking, I know that. But let me just say, if you're experiencing lack, limitation, suffering of any kind, you don't know it. You might know it on an intellectual level, but until you apply it to your life and you live it, you don't know it. Because when we know the truth that sets us free, when we know the truth that liberates us from all appearance of lack and limitation, we live that way. Because it is so fantastically, miraculously good, we would never allow ourselves to go back to thinking of lack. So if you think you know this, but you don't live it, you don't actually know it, and thinking that you know it while you're not living it is the ego's way of seeping into your spirituality. And this is why the classes that I teach, particularly my seven-week Finding Freedom Boot Camp, my year-long Masterful Living class, it's about making it plain and getting real and getting out of that spiritual ego where you're... Because I used to be a spiritual seeker who I thought it was superior to some people and inferior to others and equal to others. I had all these different kinds of comparisons and level thinking because I didn't really understand that I was one with everyone. I knew it intellectually, but I didn't live that way. I didn't think that way. I could talk that way, but that wasn't how I was really living. I was living from a sense of lack and limitation. I was living from a sense of intense separation. And so for me, I made my one goal knowing the truth. Knowing the truth. And abiding by it, living by it. And that has been the impetus for all my healing and my my great relief of suffering. 
So I'm inviting you, if your mind is telling you, I know this, oh, please, this is 101. If you're not living it, then you'll know because you're still experiencing suffering and lack and limitation. And your knowing is intellectual. You haven't brought it into your heart. Seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. So truly when you are living in love, love is the king in the kingdom, then everything will be added unto you and you will live a life of ease and grace. My personal experience is that I'm living a life of increasing ease and grace. So I'm not floating on a cloud yet, but I feel generally peaceful most of the time and I feel that I am cared for and I experience miracles on a regular basis and I'm grateful for that. And what I absolutely know for each and every one of us is this this and even more is what we're entitled to and it's what we are awakening to. And it's happening now. It's not somewhere in the future and it's not next lifetime. I'm committed to it's happening now because now is the only time there is. Now is the only time that it can happen for all of us. So the ego thinks of nothing but lack, need, getting, limitation, and unworthiness. So any of those feelings that we might have are indicators that we have identified with the ego. We've forgotten who we truly are. We're denying what we truly are, which is we are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And that is the truth. When you think thoughts of lack, you experience lack. That's the law of projection. You could call it the law of attraction. I I appreciate being able to call it the law of projection. When you think thoughts of lack, you experience lack. Not too hard to understand, is it? When you think thoughts of lack and you believe them, when your thought is combined with belief, like it says to us in A Course in Miracles, this is the power that can literally move mountains. When your thought combines with your belief. So if you think a thought of lack and you believe it, you really believe it. And of course, it's not true. You're, you are, by nature, abundant, prosperous, whole, wealthy beyond measure. When you think a thought of lack and you believe it, then you will experience it. You'll experience it first, most likely, in your emotional body. The more you believe it, Because it's not true, the more upsetting it will feel. So if you think, I don't have, I need to get, I don't have, I can't get, I'll never have, and you believe any of these thoughts, even just a little bit, kind of like being a little bit pregnant, you are going to feel it. The more you believe it, because it's not true, the more upsetting it is. And if you think it and you believe it, you're going to see it. When you believe in lack and you think about lack, you're going to feel it in your physical body and you're going to see it in your physical life. I love Michael Beckwith has a saying, you might have heard me say it, uh, seems like it comes out in every single one of these series, and that is, and it's beautiful, he says, when you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, then you will see what you don't see, and you won't see what you do see. So when you believe more in what you don't see, when you believe more in the kingdom of God, when you believe more in your inheritance, 
then you won't see the things of this world that make you think that you're lacking. Because the truth of the matter is, you don't think you're lacking because of what you see. You see what you see because of what you're thinking. This is Law of Projection 101. And it's amazing because I have been a spiritual student and been through all the classes you can possibly imagine about the law of cause and effect taught by all the experts. And I still was thinking thoughts of lack and limitation. And so often I've been counseling people who, like me, have taken all these classes and they're still believing in lack and limitation. And sometimes, especially in recent years with the financial challenges that people have had, people will say, well, but Jennifer, you don't understand my situation. And the thing is, is it's not about the situation. It's about the law of cause and effect. If you think it and you believe it, you will see it. You get to decide what you invest your precious thought energy in. We have one problem in this human experience, and that is that we believe that we're separate. The good news is we're not separate. That one problem of thinking that we're separate shows up as separation from abundance, separation from the good, separation from love, separation from prosperity, separation from clarity, separation from our spiritual expansion, separation from the atonement. A myriad different ways that the experience of separation can show up. You know, it can show up when uh, we just don't have enough money to pay our bills or when we think we're going to be late for work and then we might get fired. It can show up as we we aren't sure if our spouse really loves us. These are all the ways that separation shows up in the world. And it really and truly is all a projection of our thinking and our belief combining with such a force that it has to show up on the screen of our life. Gary talked about this in the first class on true forgiveness. Gary Renard was a beautiful class, really beautiful. Started us off so beautifully. When you're willing to deny the thoughts of lack and limitation and discipline your mind, to not what I was talking about last week in uh, the class on healing fear, worry, and doubt, not get on the pain train. When you're willing to allow those thoughts to move on through, you don't invest your belief in them and you have a discipline I'm not interested in thinking that thought anymore. I'm not interested in believing that thought anymore. That thought has no power over me. Nope. The only power that there is in my life is the love of God. It has all the power. I am one with the king in the kingdom. That's my inheritance. I am a wealthy, wealthy woman. When you're willing to deny the thoughts of lack and limitation, then you'll stop experiencing it. And, you know, sometimes it takes a while. And that's where you have to be able to cultivate faith. You have to cultivate faith and trust. Because a lot of times people don't have that infinite patience that brings immediate results. So they'll think, okay, I, look, I haven't thought any thoughts of lack and limitation in uh, two hours. Where's my abundance? Or I'm thinking, 
fewer thoughts of lack and limitation, why is my situation not changed yet? Why have I not won the lottery yet? The ego has all kinds of reasons to try to coerce us to give up on our spiritual practice. Remember that the greatest investment that we have is our investment of our belief and our thoughts. So one of the things I'll be talking about in the homework class this week, tomorrow morning, is the how of it. Like, how do you really have this healing? And what I can tell you is you really can open up the floodgates. And it does go back to unworthiness. So check this out. How great is this? You can ex- you can heal that deep sense of unworthiness and the experience of lack and limitation and separation all with the same practice. Talk about bonus. Talk about abundance and prosperity. How cool is that? Now, as I was preparing for the class, I I felt that uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Spirit, however you want to think about it, was, and it did feel to me like Jesus because uh, I got guided to remind you of the story of the prodigal son. And uh, I, I didn't grow up as a Christian. So I I really wasn't that familiar with Bible stories, but when I was uh, in ministerial school, I had a couple of classes on the Old Testament, New Testament, and I began to study the life of Jesus, and it was very valuable to me to come to an understanding of the prodigal son story, and it continues to expand in my awareness as I open my mind to the truth about prosperity and abundance. So just the fundamentals of what happened with the prodigal son is uh, the the father gave his, uh, asked his sons, do you want your inheritance now? And the prodigal son said, yes, I do. And went off and had a really good time, enjoyed himself, squandered it all. So he invested it poorly. And the other son stayed home and helped his father on the farm. And the prodigal son reached a point where he was destitute, completely destitute, and went to work at a pig farm and was literally, you know, slopping the hogs and down in the mud and the muck. And he realized that the pigs had better food to eat than he did. And it was in that having fallen so low that he reached a place of true humility. The pigs have better food to eat than I do. And now the hubris is gone. The humility is there. His heart opens. Many, many, many uh, people, spiritual seekers, who go through that thing that I was talking about earlier of being better than or less than, uh, don't realize that that's pure ego. And that without humility, which is oneness, Humility is a knowing of oneness. Humility is knowing that you're not better than, you're not less than. That you are the love of God. That you are worthy of your inheritance. The prodigal son has this realization of humility. Not better than, not less than. And instantly it comes into his mind, my father is a wealthy man. I could go home. I could go home. And so he sets out for home. And as he is approaching home, his family sees him arriving. They run to meet him and they throw a huge party. You know, and then there's the part of the story where the other brother is upset. Why is he getting all this stuff? He went away. 
and uh, I stayed here. Where's my party? Where's my good stuff? It, it, <laughs> he's bitter. But it's just another example of not having humility and being uh, without gratitude for what he already has. And what what the father says is, I thought my son was dead. I thought I would never see him again. And now he's come back and he's fine. What greater celebration could there be than that what I thought was gone and lost to me is here? So this is the reminder that no matter how far we have traveled into the land of the ego, at any moment, we will be welcomed home with a huge celebration. So that's that's the parable that Jesus is telling us. And it's true for us now in healing the lack and limitation. So if you listen to the ego, you will always feel unworthy. And in a sense, there are two reasons. One, because the ego has only that one story of unworthiness that this is the reason why you're separate is because you are unworthy. There's something wrong with you. This is why you're always separate from the good because there is something wrong with you. And that's why when you're identified with the ego, one of the patterns that your mind will always be drawn into is what I call it the ego's attorney. When you become the attorney of the ego, what you're doing is you are investing your precious intelligence in gathering evidence to support the ego's case for your unworthiness, for your problems, for your lack, and for your limitation. Right? Don't you find yourself doing that? Gathering the evidence, saying, oh, Yep, here's another reason why I'm never going to get ahead. Here's another reason why I'm never going to get that job. Here's another reason why I'm not going to be able to pay the bills. Here's another reason. Here's another reason. Gathering evidence for the ego. Employed by the ego. You are worthy. Your heavenly Father, Mother, God is the kingdom. Love is the king in the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be added unto you. The key to your success is your willingness to remember who you are. This is your inheritance. This is your wealth and your freedom, remembering who you are. You cannot experience wealth in the material world and enjoy it, feel good, feel free, feel liberated until you realize that your wealth is your true identity, that you are the jewel in the crown. You are the love of God. This is your inheritance. This is your identity. And what Course in Miracles so beautifully illustrates to us over and over and over again, deny it in your brothers and sisters and you will not be able to see it in yourself. Deny it in your brothers and sisters, even one, and you will not be able to see it, experience it, know it, and feel it for yourself. This is why I believe the practice of non-judgment is the deepest, most thorough spiritual practice that there is. And there's abundant opportunity to practice every day, all day long. If you deny that you are worthy of your inheritance, then you will feel lack and limitation. You have to. Now, another thing that came into my mind as I was preparing was kind of interesting to me. Think of Jesus telling the apostles that you're going to deny me. You're going to deny that you know me. You're going to betray me, sell me out, forsake me. 
And what did they say? They said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. That's crazy. We would never do that. And before they knew it, that's when it happened. And it happened so easily. Like a hot knife in butter. It just happened. And the truth of the matter is, we're the apostles. We are the apostles. So on one hand, we will say, I know this. I know this material. I've heard this before. I, I know this book, Course in Miracles. I know all these teachings. I've taken all these classes. I know all this. And then... On the other hand, we're crying and bemoaning, I have no money, I have no this, I have no that, I'm lacking, I'm limitation, I'm... uh... We must move into that space of true humility so that our mind can awaken to remember that our Father, Mother, God has already given us everything. And it's time for us to value it. One of the ways that we value the kingdom is through making a commitment and being devoted to being loving and kind and compassionate and generous. And we can do that. It might seem really hard, but it's not. It's not. It's a matter of willingness. If you would like to do it, you can do it. If you don't want to do it, it will seem hard, and you will find reasons why you cannot do it. Like the apostles denying and betraying and forsaking Jesus, we are, in our own ways, on a daily basis, denying and betraying and forsaking the Christ presence in ourselves, and in our brothers and sisters. And what else is this but the most blatant kind of self-sabotage? If the only way that we can truly experience the kingdom and have everything added unto us is to choose to identify ourselves as perfect, whole, and complete, to know ourselves as loving and to behave in a loving way. And yet every day we give ourselves permission to think thoughts of attack and blame and to hold grievances and hold grudges and resentments and to refuse to forgive, to refuse to be kind to this one, to be annoyed and frustrated and take it out on someone, to complain and to take offense with this one, and then to turn around and blame it on them. Well, I'm so irritated because they deal us. You know, I'm so frustrated because they won't blah, blah, blah. I'm so worried and afraid. We're always blaming it on the circumstances. But the truth of the matter is, the spiritual master who is willing to hold themselves accountable to love doesn't have those experiences of frustration and irritation and lack and limitation. So why wouldn't we choose to be masterful? Why would we delay being masterful when we're exhausted from experiencing lack and limitation? We're exhausted from looking in the world and trying to find the answer. We're exhausted from trying to work and work and work and work to manifest abundance and prosperity. Why would we not give up trying to work in the world and change the world? When in our heart of hearts, we know if we seek the kingdom first, which is within, all else will be added unto us. The real reason, really and truly is, 
that we do not believe we are worthy because we are listening to the ego. And it's time for us to say, get thee behind me. That thought has no power over me. I will not believe it. And we have to be able to say that no matter what the circumstances are, because what we're experiencing now, what we can see with our eyes now and touch with our hands now, is the byproduct of what we've been thinking. So there's going to be a transition period. We must hold fast in trust and in faith, seeking first the kingdom. We must have that internal transformation before we're going to have that external transformation. It's just the way this world works. It's how things work in the illusion. That's the law of cause and effect. We cannot transmute the law of cause and effect. We can't. And we don't want to. Because without the law of cause and effect, we would be stuck in this challenge forever. The law of cause and effect is what helps us to wake up and tire of our suffering and lack and limitation. So that literally we can have our own prodigal son moment where we wake up and realize, wait a minute. I'm the son of a wealthy king. Wait a minute. I could go home. I don't have to live here with the pigs in the muck. Arguing with the pigs for scraps. No, I can go home. My father is a wealthy wealthy king and all is resting upon our tiring of trying to work our will in this world and to remember our true identity and we can't do that if we're not willing to see it for our brothers and sisters as well so this intense level of self-sabotage cannot change until we change our mind Right in the early part of the teacher's manual, right in chapter 1, section 6, the section is entitled, The Illusion of Needs. Needs arise only when you deprive yourself. Needs arise only when you deprive yourself. Remember how the lesson, I need do nothing? Seems kind of crazy. But, because you think, what do you mean I need do nothing? i got to fix the kids' dinner. i got to take the kids to school. i got to go to my job. i got to pay my bills. What do you mean I need do nothing? The key there is the word need. There's no need. Everything that we do, we can do from divine inspiration not from need not from lack not from wanting needs arise only when you deprive yourself what are you depriving yourself of an awareness of your true identity Why would you do that? Because you're aligned with the ego. The ego's convinced you you're unworthy. If you're convinced you're unworthy, you're thinking, I don't have, I need, I'm lacking. So then that's going to be your experience. It has to be. That's the law of cause and effect. Your thinking combines with your belief into a force so powerful it can literally move mountains. It can move a mountain of crap when we believe that we are worthy. Why not believe the truth? Why continue to believe the false and identify with the false? 
also in that same uh, section, The Illusion of Needs, it says, a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need to correct. So it's a correction. We choose again. We are willing to correct ourselves. Now, I've shared many times that in my experience of waking up, when I really started to truly wake up and begin to smell the spiritual coffee and recognize, okay, the only thing I'm going to do here is seek the kingdom. That's it. I'm going to stop trying to get anything. I'm going to stop working for money. I'm going to start working for love and only love. And I am going to discover the truth that sets me free. I'm going to remember my true identity. I'm going to disconnect from believing the ego thoughts. When I made that decision to do that, I had to correct myself hundreds of times a day. And, you know, you can grow weary of that. You can, you know, initially when I was starting to correct myself, I felt like, oh my gosh, this is, oh, this is going to take forever. Because the ego was still what I was identified with. So I was thinking in quantity. So I was thinking I've got thousands and thousands of thoughts of lack and limitation to correct here every day. I'm just so focused on lack and limitation. I'm just so focused on separation and unworthiness. It's a constant correction. It's a constant correction. And it felt debilitating. And I was judging myself for not being better. But then I corrected those thoughts. And before too long, I didn't have to correct those thoughts anymore anymore. And every time I made a correction, I could start feeling grateful. I'm grateful this is working. Instead of thinking 10,000 limiting thoughts today, I'm thinking 9,500 limiting thoughts. And then, you know, a few months later, I'm thinking, wow, I'm only thinking 9,000 limiting thoughts a day. And on and on and on until it's just a handful. That is a miracle, my friend, because the very idea that I could dwindle the intensity of lack and limitation that I was so completely focused on to a handful of thoughts a day. Oh, talk about having a party. So I don't know about you, but I am intent on remembering my true identity. I am intent on going home, remembering that I am home. And I am intent on remembering my inheritance, that my ability to be the perfect giver and receiver of love and my choice for love, this is my wealth. There is no other wealth. This is the wealth. So it's a constant practice of correcting the thoughts of lack and limitation in order to experience your true nature, which is abundance and prosperity. You will notice that as you make this commitment, we talked about last week with Rhonda Britton, such a great class, talked about the decision to get in the game. And to be truly willing and to make that decision that, hey, I'm I'm going for it, right? I'm going to correct this habit of fear and worry and doubt. So let me ask you to consider what do you do? What is the doing and the busyness that you're doing instead of correcting that sense of lack? What are you doing instead? Because what I noticed that a lot of spiritual seekers do, and this was me too, was I was so busy trying to work my will in the world. I was so enamored of 
seeing what I could do in the world, being busy in the world, trying to change things at the level of form rather than in the invisible. That I didn't have time for spiritual practice. I didn't have time for correction. I had to keep moving like a shark, right? Sharks got to keep moving. I was in that shark mentality. I was giving to get. I was thinking lack and limitation all the time. I was thinking unworthy. So I was just constantly looking for something to get, to have, to make it, rather than looking within. So nothing was changing. And then I began to wake up and realize that I was on the Titanic. And I was trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Because I was working in form rather than working in the invisible. And this is what we focus on in my year-long class of Masterful Living. So if you're feeling like, well, what does that mean? How does that happen? You might consider being in that year-long Masterful Living community and support system of practice and love and healing. Because we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are that prodigal son and we can go home. We can remember that our father is wealthy. And there is abundance awaiting our decision to return home. This was it is within our power to do, to make this decision. And then to hold with it, <clears throat> because the ego <clears throat> will find every way to sabotage us. And when we give in and we go with the sabotage, what happens then? We've proved ourselves unworthy of the inheritance, haven't we? That's what the ego wants us to believe, but it's not true. Because even if we make our bed in hell, even if we choose self-sabotage of every kind, no matter how heinous we might judge it to be, God will never judge it. God will welcome us home every time, no matter how long we've been gone, no matter where we have ventured, no matter what we have done, no matter what we have thought, no matter how low we have sunk, no matter how addicted or depraved we might feel. Our Heavenly Father, Mother God is waiting with open arms for us to remember the truth. And the moment we are truly willing to remember the truth, all else will be added unto us. Everything that we've worked so hard to try and find in the world, we will be able to manifest with ease and with grace. But we cannot seek the kingdom first in order to get stuff because then we're aligned with the ego. The spirit knows that we already have, that it's pre-installed, that it's our true identity, and the ego always thinks we're lacking. So the spiritual seeker who's experiencing lack and limitation is experiencing the result of being primarily identified with the ego which doesn't mean that they're wrong or they're bad or they're stupid, but their thinking is incorrect and can be corrected. We must correct ourselves. We must value the truth. All the healing and the miracles that are a result of our healing will flow forth. We don't have to figure out how to make a miracle Miracles are what we're entitled to. 
miracles are the truth awakening in our mind when we decide to remember that we're worthy of that truth. That's why the truth sets us free. The truth sets us free because we already are free. That is our true identity. That is our true nature. How wonderful is that? Just feel that. Every story of unworthiness you've ever told is not true. It's an illusion. It's false. And if you think it, and you believe it, you're going to see it. That's the law of cause and effect. You can't circumvent it. But you can heal the thoughts of lack and limitation. You can heal the belief that you're not good enough. How do you do it? You partner up day in and day out. You decide that you're worth correcting. Think of a child that you love. If that child was hurting itself and couldn't seem to stop, wouldn't you help them and correct them? Would you wait for them to figure it out? Would you make it harder for them? Would you trip them and make them fall on their face? Would you blame them and shame them? Would you attack them and call them names? Or would you, if you love them, gently, lovingly, and consistently correct them? Love yourself. Gently, consistently correct yourself. The thoughts of lack and attack and limitation and separation will never be true. But if you believe them, you will see them, you will experience them, and you will be upset. The correction is up to you, just as it is up to me every single minute of every single day. And how wonderful it is that the very minute that we decide that we are worthy, our inheritance is unlocked. The doors are open and all of heaven rejoices. So let us pray now. And as we're turning within, I'm going to, as I usually do, ask you and invite you and remind you, make an appointment to listen to these replays. They're free. They're our gift to you. All of these teachers, we give this freely to you. All of the expense of running the class, is given to you. It costs you nothing. Listen again and again. The more you listen, the more you will hear. And one of the great things is, this is just one example. There's so much. Every single one of these teachers, including myself, we offer so much free stuff. If you go to iTunes and search for me, you can get so much free stuff. You can go to my website and search around. There's so much for you there that's free. I love it. I love to give it away. I So much is given to me. How can I not share it? This is my joy. This is how I remember the abundance and the prosperity is I share I extend, and you can you can extend too. Extend love, extend p- compassion, extend gratitude. Share. That is one of the most beautiful corrections that we have, is to move into compassion and patience and generosity and kindness for our brothers and sisters. What a profound blessing it is. So let us take this breath of love and gratitude right now with our hand and our heart. We remember that the kingdom is within. It's pre-installed. 
We remember that we are worthy of our inheritance and that we are loved, profoundly loved. There is no lack. There is no limitation, only a perception that can be healed, and we're healing it right now through cultivating our willingness to be consistent, to be devoted, to remembering the truth that sets us free. We are so grateful and so thankful to extend this healing and this expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully, joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.